skin-to-skin neonatal contact is a hot topic across labor and delivery units. But what's the data and why the emphasis on this maneuver? Well, in this podcast, we will cover the stance from the American Academy of Pediatrics, the AUON Practice Bulletin, and even information from randomized clinical trials. Let's take a look at the data. What happens during the first 60 minutes of a baby's life can maximize first bonding experience between mother and child and can even have beneficial physiological changes for both. This first hour of newborn life is called the golden hour. The American Academy of Pediatricians, AOWAN, the CDC, and even the World Health Organization all support skin-to-skin contact as soon as safely possible after delivery. Skin-to-skin care can start at different times. In research studies, there are three main types of early skin-to-skin care for healthy term infants. The first is at birth, also called immediate skin-to-skin contact. This starts during the first minute after birth. The second category is very early skin-to-skin care, defined as beginning within 30 to 40 minutes after delivery. The third is early skin-to-skin care, which is any skin-to-skin contact that takes place during the baby's first 24 hours of life. The American Association of Pediatricians, the AAP, does recommend the following guidelines. First, healthy newborns should be placed skin-to-skin contact with the mother until the first round of breastfeeding is established. Next, the medical caregiver and the nurse can conduct the first physical assessment of the child while it is still on the mother's chest. Thirdly, conventional procedures like weighing, measuring, or bathing, or even injections or blood tests should wait until after the first feeding episode and painful procedures done to the child ideally should be conducted while the baby is on the mother's chest. Lastly, the baby and the mother should remain together throughout the recovery period. Remember, that's the stance from the AAP. Many hospitals and birthing centers now encourage families to wait at least an hour before introducing their new baby to family and friends. Instead, they encourage mother and baby to stay together and if desired, Focus on giving the newborn a chance to breastfeed. Skin-to-skin care is defined as a practice of placing infants in direct contact with their mothers or other caregivers with the ventral skin of the infant facing or touching the ventral skin of the mother or caregiver in a chest-to-chest fashion. The infant is typically naked or dressed only in a diaper to maximize the surface-to-surface contact between mother and caregiver and the infant. And this dyad is covered with pre-warmed blankets, leaving the infant's head exposed. Skin-to-skin contact is recommended for all mothers and newborns, regardless of feeding or delivery method, immediately after birth or as soon as the mother is medically stable, awake, or able to respond to the newborn. And it's meant to continue for at least one hour. This is all recommended by the World Health Organization. Skin-to-skin contact for healthy newborns shall be distinguished, according to the AAP, from kangaroo care. Kangaroo care typically applies to preterm newborns or infants cared for in the NICU. 
Now, late preterm infants, defined as an EGA of 34 to 37 weeks, may also benefit from early skin-to-skin contact, but are at increased risk of a number of early neonatal morbidities. Nonetheless, there is supporting data for skin-to-skin contact in these late preterm infants. In these infants, skin-to-skin care has been shown to result in improved autonomic and neurobehavioral maturation and gastrointestinal adaptation, more restful sleep patterns, less crying, and better growth. Although not specifically studied in full-term infants, it's likely that these same infants also benefit in similar ways to the preterm ones. Additional recommendations by the World Health Organization as part of the Baby Friendly Hospital Initiative, originally endorsed back in 2009, include these following specifications. There should be routine procedures like assessment and APGAR scores that are conducted while skin-to-skin contact is underway. They also suggest that procedures that may be painful or require separation should be delayed until after the first hour, and if possible, any painful procedures to the newborn should be done while on chest-to-chest. If breastfeeding, these procedures should occur after the first breastfeeding is completed. Now, the American Academy of Pediatricians further delineates that the administration of vitamin K and ophthalmic prophylaxis can actually be delayed for at least one hour and up to four hours after delivery. Now, unless there's a medical reason for separation, like resuscitation, skin-to-skin contact may be provided for all newborns. Now, in the case of C-sections, skin-to-skin contact can also provide the mother with increased bonding, provided, of course, that the mother is awake, alert, and her pain is under control. Skin-to-skin care may be initiated in the operating room following the C-section delivery or immediately in the recovery room. Now, we'll cover skin-to-skin contact at time of C-section in more detail a little bit later on. Now, let's get into the proposed and theorized and actually proven benefits of skin-to-skin contact. Skin-to-skin contact has been researched extensively as a method to provide improved physiological stability for newborns and potential benefits for mothers. Skin-to-skin contact immediately after birth stabilizes the newborn's body temperature and can help prevent hypothermia. Skin-to-skin contact also helps stabilize blood glucose levels, decreases crying, and provides cardiorespiratory stability, especially in late preterm newborns. Skin-to-skin contact has been shown in numerous studies as a method to decrease pain in newborns being held by mothers or fathers. Now, skin-to-skin contact isn't just about the babies. It also benefits the mothers. Immediately after birth, skin-to-skin contact decreases maternal stress and improves paternal perception of stress in their relationship. A recent study suggested that skin-to-skin contact and breastfeeding within 30 minutes of birth reduces postpartum hemorrhage. Experimental models indicate that mother-infant separation causes significant stress and the consequences of this stress on the hypothalamic pituitary adrenal axis is present 
in a randomized trial examining the relationship between skin-to-skin contact and maternal depression and stress, both depression scores and salivary cortisol concentrations were lower over the first month among postpartum mothers providing skin-to-skin contact compared with mothers who were provided no guidance about skin-to-skin care. For breastfeeding mother-infant pairs, Skin-to-skin contact enhances the opportunity for an early first breastfeed, which in turn leads to more readiness to breastfeed, an organized breastfeeding suckling pattern, and more success in exclusive and overall breastfeeding success. Further evidence shows a benefit for mothers after C-section deliveries who practice skin-to-skin care as soon as a mother is alert and responsive in increasing breastfeeding initiation, decreased time to first breastfeed, reduced formula supplementation, and increased bonding and maternal satisfaction. Remember, we're going to cover skin-to-skin care at C-section a little later on. Increasing rates of breastfeeding ultimately have short and long-term health benefits like decreased risk of infections, obesity, cancer, and even sudden infant death syndrome. Now, wait a minute. It all can't be good, right? Are there any risks to -to skin-to-skin contact? Well, there actually could be. Rarely, however, there are contraindications to providing skin-to-skin contact. However, there are a few potential safety concerns which the American Academy of Pediatrics calls to mind. A newborn requiring positive pressure resuscitation should be continually monitored and skin-to-skin care should be postponed until the infant is stable. Furthermore, certain conditions like a low APGAR score defined as less than 7 at 5 minutes or medical complications from birth may require careful observation and monitoring of the newborn during skin-to-skin care or delaying skin-to-skin care until that first assessment is done. Other safety concerns are attributable to the lack of standardization in the approach. Discontinuous observation of the mother-infant pair with lapses exceeding 10 to 15 minutes during the first few hours of life. There also could be a lack of education and skills among staff supporting the pair during the transition period while skin-to-skin is occurring. There lastly could be unfamiliarity with the potential risks of unsafe positioning and methods of assessment that can avert problems. Alright, here is the main concern according to the AAP. Remember, that's the American Academy of Pediatricians. The main concern regarding immediate postnatal skin-to-skin care includes sudden, unexpected postnatal collapse, that is SUPC. This includes any condition resulting in temporary or permanent cessation of breathing or cardiorespiratory failure in the child. Many, but not all of these events are related to suffocation or entrapment. Lastly, Falls can occur during skin-to-skin care, particularly if unobserved. And other situations or conditions may occur that prevent skin-to-skin contact from continuing safely. Hey, look, I think we all agree that as long as the baby and the mom are alert, stable, and without need of immediate medical attention, immediate skin-to-skin contact after vaginal delivery is no problem. 
But what about skin-to-skin care at C-section? After a cesarean, the rates of skin-to-skin care are lower compared to after an uncomplicated vaginal birth. In 2015, according to the CDC, 70% of U.S. birth facilities implemented skin-to-skin care for at least 30 minutes for most mothers and babies within two hours after an uncomplicated C-section. Now, that's a major improvement from 2009 when that figure was only 32%. In many hospitals, the routine standard of care after a C-section is for the baby to be taken to a warmer in the operating room where he or she is examined, cleaned, weighed, measured, closed, and then swaddled and then briefly shown to the parents. The baby is then taken to the nursery for further assessment and observation in a warmer while the mother is taken to a separate recovery room. This separation can typically last from one to two hours. Now, it is important to remember, of course, that not all mothers are capable of independently caring for their infants immediately or for even several hours after C-section. So that's understandable. For example, mothers who receive strong sedatives or were sleep deprived for many hours before the C-section may need supervision or assistance in caring for their newborns immediately post-op. The mother's level of awareness and their ability to remain awake when caring for and feeding the infant must be assessed and closely monitored by all staff, especially when a C-section follows a prolonged labor or sedative drugs have been used. But what's the best evidence for skin-to-skin care specifically for babies who are born by C-section? Does data exist for that setting? Let's find out. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is what is called a cliffhanger. That's right. We're not going to cover C-section skin-to-skin contact at the end of this episode because it actually is somewhat lengthy and I don't want to make this podcast too long. Let's stop here as a brief intro to -to skin-to-skin contact and we'll pick up with part two, covering skin-to-skin contact and the data behind that at time of C-section. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time on part two of Skin to Skin Contact on Clinical Pearls.